everyone, and welcome to the DCU Soccer Podcast. Uh, I'm joined again by a guest. Hey, everyone. This is Sarah Kalassi, the editor-in-chief over at MLS Female, and thanks for having me on your show again, Ken. Yeah, totally. I mean, uh, we've been on the show a lot this this season, and, and hopefully you'll, we'll be back next season. <laughs> um, unfortunately, we had a playoff game yesterday, and it didn't go too well, um, but yeah. Yeah, our playoff game yesterday definitely did not go well since our 2019 season is over. <laughs> little little sad for us, but I don't know. What do you think, Ken? Should we walk through the the match? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, we gave up a goal. Uh, um, I think there wasn't t- too much uh, stuff happening before that. There was a couple of, of chances created, but nothing too terribly crazy. Um but yeah, we gave up a goal in around the 32nd minute. Uh, Bill Hamid kind of uh, deflected a shot kind of right towards uh, uh, Delgado on Toronto, and he kind of just put it right back in the, in the net, and uh, that was not fun. That was absolutely painful, because watching that, it definitely looked like Hamid had made the save, and then very clearly he did not. And we all know historically what happens once DC United is scored upon first. It's just yeah. not a good day. Yeah, for sure. And I kind of think at that point, um, you know, I was thinking about our last game against Cincinnati where we couldn't score against them. <laughs> uh, a historically bad team uh, on defense and without two of their players on the field. And I was like, yeah, we're probably not going to be able to to do anything here. It was just a really frustrating game, I think, to watch. There were so many different kind of moving pieces and so many things that happened. We saw Felipe Martins get hurt there in the first half, forcing an early sub from head coach Ben Olsen of Ola Kamara. And it just really, it seemed like nothing was going right for DC United last night. Yeah, that Felipe injury was uh, not ideal. I think I thought it was kind of strange bringing Kamara in. I kind of thought that they would bring Hara in um, to kind of keep, um, you know, Areola up because what ended up happening is that Areola slotted back at right back for the for the majority of the rest of the game, um, and Canals kind of back in that midfield. But feels like we maybe could have brought in Hara. I don't know if that would have ended us ended up any better, but. Um, yeah, uh, it was kind of confusing because it was relatively early, but um, they ended up bringing in Kamara, and yeah. I tend to agree with you on that, and the thing is, Paul Ariola has so much speed, and he is able to get forward, so having him kind of drop back into that right-back position was not ideal, and we tended last night especially to just really get beat in the midfield. And that's where we needed the most support. So 100% agree with you that bringing in Hara would have probably helped us. I mean, bringing in Boateng would have helped us as well much, much earlier than the 87, which is our usual time to substitute in. Yeah. Yeah, I thought, yeah, I mean, having Areola play that kind of 10 role, but more box-to-box than that, uh, I think, the way we play him. But having him in that role has been working pretty well for us, especially since, yeah, we were struggling in that central midfield, uh, being beat to pretty much everything. And Ariola's energy is kind of 
exactly what we needed in that space and not necessarily what we needed at the right back. Um, but yeah, so I was kind of confused by that. Um, but yeah, I mean, then, yeah, we gave up the goal and then it was kind of just uh, slogging out the, the the trying to tie the game for the rest of the for the rest of the game. Now, what absolutely blew my mind, Ken, is we had both Ola Kamara on, we had Wayne Rooney, and we still were struggling to make shots on goal. And I'm even, I'm looking at the box score right now from the entire match. Toronto had 28 shots, 17 on goal. I mean, they forced 12 saves from Bill Hamid. And obviously, we know how the other ones worked out compared to DC United, 13 shots and only six on goal. So again, this is really frustrating and almost reminiscent of the last time we were up in Toronto and it was poor Bill Hamid playing dodgeball. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I kind of wasn't too surprised that, yeah, we brought on Kamara and then we didn't have any more opportunities because, yeah, I mean, if we're just going to lose the ball in the midfield and not really give them any opportunity, it's going to be really, really hard. And Wayne Rooney is not really a, a ball-winning midfielder, so having him kind of play a little bit back in, in that situation um, kind of felt uh, like, you know, it's not going to be terribly successful. But we did have a couple chances on goal, but, I mean, you know, you, you need more than a couple, and you need to actually finish them. <laughs> so, yeah. And this has been one of our biggest issues this season. We are just unable to finish. And it all roots back to that issue that we have in the midfield. Because obviously your attackers can't do very much unless they receive that support. But our clinical finishing has just been really difficult to watch. Because when we do get a chance, it's almost like just watching it getting thrown away. With the player not having enough space, not having enough time, or just not being in the right position. So... That's yeah. my take. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I mean, it's going to be very hard for us to, you know, get uh, th- three or four good chances a game and complete one of them, really, honestly. Like, if, if we're going to be able to complete 10% of our chances, we need to be able to create more than three or four a game. Um, and so it's asking a lot of those players to capitalize on the, the really small amount of chances they're given. Um, and I think that was one of the differences we had last year in, uh, the, well, last last year. I guess now, but uh, in 2018, we were really, really good at maybe making uh, goals when we really shouldn't have statistically um, a lot of the time, and 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 we kind of got used to that. But um, yeah, I mean, I think we need to be able to create more chances. I guess doesn't matter so much anymore, but but um, I think that that's pretty crucial and part of the reason why we didn't do so well. But, yeah, uh, to fast forward through a lot of the painstaking um, <laughs> game, the, uh, the we actually de- did end up equalizing um, in, in the last minute, I think, literally, right? <laughs> so, it was literally in the last minute of stoppage time. Yeah, I think uh, it was relatively bad defending by Toronto on that set piece. Uh, it was a corner kick by Rooney kind of got in there. I think it was headed by someone, and uh, TT Rodriguez was able to put that in the back of the net, which I thought was awesome, and uh, I, I really like him as a player, so hopefully that gives the front office more incentive to keep him around. But, yeah, so, uh, yeah, we ended up equalizing and going to extra time. Yeah, that was that really nice touch from Fred Briant 
that then TT picked up. And Briant has been pretty fantastic too, especially on those set pieces and being able to get in there and be a difference maker. But I'm 100% with you. I do hope that the front office does get that incentive to keep TT. He is a change maker and he's another one of those players. He has speed, he has tenacity. He does come into a match and he plays the full 90. He really does. Yeah, I think um, next year uh, I would love to see um, the front four being Kamara, Assad, uh, Ariola in that 10 position and uh, Titi. Uh, that'd be a really, I think, pretty solid uh, front four. Um, but yeah, uh, we uh, went into extra time and uh... pretty much immediately kind of just, uh, yeah, we... we <laughs> It, we ended up losing 5-1, I guess is how I'll say it. But it was pretty rough there for a span of like 10 to 15 minutes, um, if not less, I think. But Oh, yeah. yes. There was a goal, let's see, in the 93, the 95, the 103rd, and then <laughs> in the 106th by none other than Nick DeLeon. And that, I hate to say it, had a little twinge of poetic justice spun on it when that ball went into the upper right corner of the net you could just see de leon's face he was he was pretty happy he scored on dc yeah that didn't feel great (laughs) but it it hurts it hurts a lot yeah so i mean i think after the even after the the first goal in extra time i was pretty it's pretty clear that it was over um and then they just kept piling on and yeah, the tweets started happening and everyone kind of blew up. And yeah, so I don't necessarily want to go through goal by goal or anything necessarily too much because it's really fresh, but it's pretty painful. Yeah, but yeah, then, so we ended up losing. And Paul Ariola, unfortunately, took a red card. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which is also just another gift from this match that keeps on giving. Yeah, because that means he will miss, uh, if he's still with us next year, the first game, um, which is not great, <laughs> of course. So, Not great at all. And I'm seeing on Instagram, I know Paul had posted today apologizing to the fans for what happened yesterday. He said, it was a tough way to end the season last night, second year in a row in the first round of the playoffs. Thank you fans for an amazing 2019 season. We let ourselves down and you guys down. Sorry for that. Let's continue to grow together and come back stronger for 2020. So there's been speculation that Paul is going to be leaving DC United, but given that, I don't believe so. Yeah, I mean, it's it's possible uh, that he stays. I mean, I don't really know either way, but that, that is a good sign, I guess. Um, I think it would take a lot for the club to, to actually sell his his rights, but um, it, it seems like for the right price, I think it'd be hard for either party to kind of turn that down um, if it's a really you know big team or if it's a really good opportunity. So who knows? He's played really, really well for us and I think the national team too, so... There, there might be some some interested parties coming up uh, in the, you know, potentially even the second half of the European season. I would love to see Paul get all of the wonderful opportunities for sure. I mean, he would be so, so missed. But 
I'm with you. I'd like to see him get those opportunities. He is a top class player. Yeah, I could I could definitely see him going somewhere like uh, for a promotion push in the the championship in England. Um, I know that uh, Jack Harrison played for NYCFC. He's uh, with Leeds right now. Um, there's been you know a couple other players that that have played there, and I think the level of play is relatively similar. It's a little bit higher, but but not incredibly um, uh, much more. So. Seems like that that would be a potential landing spot for him, um, but yeah, we'll see. I think there's going to be a lot of interesting stuff happening this off season. It's definitely going to be a pivotal off season for DC United. There's a lot of thinking that needs to happen at the club about where are we, what's been going on, and what changes do we need to make? Because if we keep going along the way that we're going, I don't think. It's good for anyone. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is the second year uh, in a row that we're just one and done in the playoffs um, with with Wayne Rooney. And so, you know, it, it kind of felt like a, a missed opportunity, uh, not only last season, but definitely this season. And that Columbus game hurts, I think, a little bit more now, too, um, because we were better last year. And, and that was more of our opportunity. But. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what, what we end up doing, but it doesn't seem too too good uh, for potentially some of the coaching staff. I mean, there's rumors, I think, kind of both ways. I think uh, sources inside the club is saying that uh, Olsen and his staff are pretty safe. Um, but, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, everyone says that, I think, until something happens, especially with someone who's uh, such um, a big part of this club's history. So... I would definitely not be shocked to, to see them make a move uh, in that front as well. And definitely on that account. And it's kind of, it's one of those things where you have to really look, okay, what has been our rate of success? What tools have we had to work with? And by tools, I mean, which players have we had to work with? We do have a new stadium. It's been really sad that with Wayne Rooney and with the top class players that we have, that we haven't been able to do better. It seems that there is a lot of disconnect going on. Yeah. I mean, I think if anything that uh, is clear to me, I think it's definitely not a roster problem. I think this is probably the best roster we've maybe ever had um, in terms of raw talent and, and market value for, for a lot of these players. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's incredibly disappointed. I, I can't really think of any, really weak spot in terms of individual talent or or even you know parts of parts of the team so yeah it's very disappointing um i just hope that we can you know maintain our level or get better no matter what we do uh coaching wise but yeah i mean we're going to be missing acosta and rooney um and uh probably leo hara i think is going to be leaving um and i'm sure some other players will either end up being you know, sold or uh, we'll move on or, or whatever. So uh, we'll see what happens. I'm very curious. Have you heard anything at all about where Acosta may go or if there are any other offers on the table? I know there was that offer in Saudi Arabia, but I don't know if that's maybe the best fit for him. Mm, I've definitely read that there's he wants to try Europe. Um, I guess good luck. I mean, I don't know what team would be willing to pay him even what he's making here. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So I don't know. I think it might be also at this point, to be quite honest, that the club's kind of tired of him and, and they don't really want to renew him either, uh, even if it was at the same price. So, I mean, he should probably go and try, but I don't know if that Saudi Arabian uh, team is still interested either. Yeah, this is going to definitely be an interesting offseason. And I know in November we have that transfer window opening for players that are free agents. So that's also going to be kind of an interesting couple of days there to see what happens. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think right now, I mean, I think the biggest, um, I'm not 100% sure how the rule, rules work, but I know uh, Brilliant's contract is up. And I mean, he was really, really good this season. Um, pretty much he was fabulous this season. Yeah. I mean, probably saved us, you know, uh, conservatively like six to to nine points in in this uh, in this season uh, single-handedly. So, yeah, I mean, I I think we should probably re-sign him for another year. He's he's getting a little a little older, but you know, I think having him there, even if it's for you know the first half of the season. Um, while we groomed Donovan Pines to be a replacement uh, alongside Burnbaum, I mean, you know, I, I think that might be pretty good idea. Definitely. I would like to see him there at least through 2020 because he is just a fantastic defender and he's so reliable. He's so committed to the job he's doing. It would be a real shame to see him leave. Another player I'd like to see some more of is um, Emma Boateng. I'd really like to see more of him next season, so I hope that that's gonna gonna happen. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what his uh, contract is or whatever, but yeah, I mean um, that front four that I mentioned earlier, he he'd probably a good uh, you know first depth piece. I mean we're already missing Ariola for a game, so there will be some opportunities there for for some people. Um, and yeah, I mean, we didn't really get to see much of him at all, so I'm not really sure where he where he really fits in yet. Um, but I do know from the time that I've seen him play, like at, at other teams and at the Galaxy, that yeah, he can be a difference maker and, and a pretty good player. So yeah, um, I think we have a really solid team overall. To be quite honest, um, I think a lot of the problems we've had go back to like playing style and, and maybe game management stuff like that, and not necessarily individual talent. So I'm hoping they don't, you know, try to just blow up the whole thing. Um, we know that at least Sasad will be here. <laughs> this is the one kind of bright point of this whole 2019 season is that Emil Assad is coming back. We will see him again. I'm ready. I'm absolutely ready for March, and I'm ready to see him at Audi Field one more time. You're ready for March already? I need a couple weeks at least to feel ready after that, to be honest. Hey, you know, I, I've i got to move on. But I did find, actually, I found out where our goals last night went. I, I found out. Okay. So I'm perusing Twitter and keeping an eye on some of our other matches. And Loudoun United last night. Oh my goodness! Did yeah. you see this? Well, seven to three. Seven or something? to two, seven or two, seven yeah. to three full time. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry, my my mistake. It was seven to two when I watched, but um, so I found out where the goals went last night. Yeah, <laughs> great. <laughs> um, yeah, 
that I didn't obviously I didn't get to see that game, but I was uh, saw some of the highlights and uh, obviously the scoreline. And you know, I think one of the positive things to come out of this season uh, has been Loudoun United and and their new stadium and some of the younger players to to come through there. I mean, Gordon Wild last night scored too. That was fantastic. So we have a really, I believe, deep pool of players too that we can still look to from Loudon and who we have signed up to DC United. So the talent's there. Yeah, Wild has been doing uh, really well. I mean, I think when we signed him, uh, the statement was that they, that we believed that you know he was MLS quality. And he's kind of proved that at Loudon so far. I mean, he's been kind of crushing it there. Kind of feels like it's a little uh, too easy for him at some points. Um, has had multiple games with multiple goals, kind of, you know, crushing it. And, you know, yeah, I mean, I wonder if he's going to be a backup striker for us next year. I could totally see that. Um, and obviously we have Griffin Yao and Moses Nyman uh, who have contracts with us. So, you know, those are two players, especially I think Griffin Yao, who who we might see integrated a little bit more um, in our in our team. And and don't forget Donovan Pines. I mean, he's been on the bench with DC more, and and that means you know he's relatively close. Uh, and he did have a couple of games there where he was playing and played for the most part at a very high level. Had some relatively bad mistakes, but um, those are some players we uh, you know are, are kind of able to play really really well potentially and not cost the club too much uh money um or like uh international slots so that's a that's a potential positive for the years to come that's a huge positive and they're all quite young so they have time on their side for sure and it also gives the club a lot of time on it on the side so yeah i can't i can't complain at all I've been loving every match that Don Pines has been in. I mean, yeah, I know he's had a few rough patches, but he's a fun player to watch. And he is very competent. I'm excited to, you know, see them hashtag play the kids. Yeah, and we also have Chris Durkin, who's on loan right now. I don't really know what's going to happen there, but, you know, hopefully that experience, because he wasn't really getting enough playing time uh, at D.C., really. Um so I, I, I'm excited to see what happens, you know, if, if he's developing uh, where he is now and to see how, how he ends up when, uh, whenever, whatever happens, if he comes back or, or moves on or whatever. So, yeah, we have a lot of potential for, for the upcoming season and, and beyond. So then I guess all we look at is it's managing all that talent we have, putting it in the right place at the right time. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah I, I really do think that there are more positives than negatives, even though it might not feel like it right now. I had a few moments of reflection after the match last night when I sat down to write my post-match article, the last one for the season, which was pretty sad. I was hoping to write a little bit more. But, you know, even off the pitch, it's it's been a good season for us, really, in terms of positives for the club, for the community. And also congrats to Steve Birnbaum and his wife, Jean, on their, their little baby girl, Colette. That's very exciting. Oh, yeah. I mean, so there there are good things happening, even though today was a little a little hard to get up <laughs> and think about yeah. it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, the, the one thing that I'm you know, relatively thankful for is that 
we're not going to have Flow FC next year. <laughs> That's going to be great. Huge um, positive. Huge positive. I think, yeah, getting rid of that, I think, was obviously, I think, self-evident. I mean, I, like, it's, it, I think it was really hurting the team um, in multiple ways, and I think potentially even financially, even though they got that pretty large contract. Uh, I think not being able to uh, see the games anywhere, you know, um, doesn't help people feel interested in buying tickets. Uh, we had, I don't know how many sellouts we had this this year, but it wasn't, you know, that many. So I think getting those, hopefully they, they get those uh, games on a, on a broadcast uh, channel um, and maybe even with an option to stream, uh, which would also be nice. But kind of making, hopefully making the, the promise of Flow FC of the, you know, um, off game day content creation, uh, stuff like that happened, which which would be really awesome. And I think now that we're out of that contract, that, you know, startup, uh, I think we're in a better position to kind of tackle that um, in a more beneficial way for us. Yeah, there are a lot of very strange things going on with Flow FC. This promise to deliver extra content that they never did. And then all the price differences and how they were charging supporters. I mean, I hate to say it. We're season ticket holders in our family. And just it really kind of was a twist of the knife to think, okay, wow, now I have to go and pay massive amounts of money just to stream matches that used to be free. Yeah. And I mean, I think the other thing is like, I think next season they're not going to, you know, they're not going to have that Wayne Rooney name to, to really get people to buy that. Right. So it's, it's going to be hard. You're going to have the, you know, the solid base of, of a decent amount of people, but you're not going to have the extra uh, Rooney crowd or the people who know about uh, a little bit about Rooney. They have, they see the excitement because of that. And then they, you know, purchase or tune in because of that. So getting getting the 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 brand out there um with with lower barrier of entry is going to be absolutely critical especially if we're not winning <laughs> like championships how do you feel can i've seen a lot on social media where folks are saying okay this is the end of the rooney era and being a bit dramatic about it really and while i'm sad to see him go He's been with us a season and a half. He hasn't been here, you know, for even really multiple seasons. It's been a season and a half. And yes, he's been fantastic. And yes, he's created some great differences. But this end of an era thing, I'm seeing him kind of like, all right, guys, you know. <laughs> no, I think it's less about Rooney, to be honest. I think it's more about what it represents and like, like the the maybe not even the fact that he was here but a way to mark that amount of time that, uh at least that's how i kind of think about it um like the the quote-unquote rooney era to me is like uh the failure like the failure but like the the disappointment last year after the the, the massive amount of hope that we were given and then the failure this year after the massive amount of hope probably a little more hope in the beginning of the season um kind of marking that and and kind of the the flow stuff, kind of wrapping all that stuff in. And to me, that's what I think when I think of the Rooney era, not necessarily Rooney himself. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily, I think it's a little bit to call it an era. I've called it an era, but I think of more of it as like a, a yeah, like a timestamp on 
you know, last summer to, to now. And because it's kind of there's like a finality to it. At least I feel where like, OK, Rooney's gone. We're losing Acosta. These are two, you know, things that we were all so worried about at, at certain parts. And now it's the like emotional release of, OK, it's happening. Like what now, you know? And, you know, I, I can agree with you that it's a period of time. But I also don't think that we're in such a dire position now as we as we say, you know, oh, the sky is falling. You know, we're losing Rooney. We're losing Acosta. Lucharu is gone. How will we ever win a match? Because really so many players have stepped up and have shown their quality this season, especially. Well, I think I it's think, more sad now, but. I think it's for me anyway, it's it's less about like, I feel like we're never going to win again, but it's more like. Like, maybe the opposite, even, because uh, there's going to be less distractions, there's less to really worry about, and so, like, it's a milestone. It's, like, maybe not, not all positive, not all negative, but kind of like a milestone, uh, more so than an indicator of positive or negative, because the end of that quote-unquote era it ends with a lot of uh, negative things going away, right? Like, Rooney leaving. Okay, it's happened. It's done. Acosta leaving. Okay, it's happened. It's done. We can. We don't have to worry about it. Uh, Flo, we don't have to worry about it. Um, we just lost a playoff game. We don't have to worry about an MLS Cup. We kind of can just reset. I mean, as hard as it is right now, but like in maybe a month or two, uh, reset, <laughs> kind of refocus, you know. Um, I mean, honestly, all that stuff, all the drama with everyone this this season, and not just the players. There was off-field stuff. There was Twitter wars. There were oh, all kinds insane. of stuff. Like, I, I wrap all of that kind of in there, and I'm hoping that that marks that era. It was fun. It was exciting. It But it ended real bad. And, not real bad, but, like, it ended, and you can move on now. Like, the end of a first relationship, it's like, okay, that was fine, whatever, Um now I'm looking back. There was a lot of drama. I didn't really. I don't want to deal with that anymore. Now I really know what I want from now on, kind of thing. Absolutely. Um. So what does 2020 DC United look like? What do we look uh, like next season? Who are we? I think is the big question now. I mean, I think it's pretty clear that that Olsen will probably be back. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that, but I think. If that's the decision the front office is, is going to make, then it's absolutely critical that we get technical staff and assistants or whatever in there that can supplement the the obvious things that are missing. I think I think that they have honestly, I think that they have problems with um, statistics and data, because if I'm going and looking at the statistics, um it's pretty clear that our playing style is leading us to give up a major expected goals differential um, in almost every game, um, which is why I think we go into the playoffs uh, having outperformed and kind of barely grasped on um, and then losing. And and hopefully maybe also, you know, some, some people who've played or managed or done something that's not just here at DC United uh, or, or with, with systems that are very similar to this. So, Getting some new ideas, new fresh technical staff, something to support uh, them would be almost critical because I think if not, we will see very similar to what we saw this year. Absolutely. And we definitely need to work on our performance analysis. 
I believe they were hiring for those sort of positions last season. I'm not sure if they were filled. I know that their technical director were one of the few MLS teams that actually has a proper technical director who's overseeing some of this stuff. So I'm hoping he gets the staff that he needs to be able to support the coaching staff more. Yeah. I mean, the, the, one of the tools that um, I use uh, not just kind of for fun um, is the uh, 538 soccer rankings. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way those kind of work is using expected goals and expected goals against um, for the most part, there's some other wrinkles into it. Um, it's pretty interesting actually. Uh, but we're ranked the lowest team that made the playoffs, I believe. And I don't think it's really that close. Uh, so, you know, and, and we also have the highest, uh, or sorry, well, technically the lowest um, goal differential, <laughs> uh, expected goal differential of any team that made it in the playoffs, if if I remember correctly. So, you know, we can't give up 30 shots a game every game. This is not something that's going to be sustainable in terms of winning a championship. And I think they must know this. <laughs> I, I, they must, because if I'm able to get access to that, obviously they have that and 30,000 30, more things too. So, And everything from Opta and everything. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. I'm definitely on board with you. So DC United, you can hire Ken and I to take care of your statistics and performance analysis. We will do a fantastic job. <laughs> yeah, but only if you listen, because I'm not exactly. going to say, look at this. And then it's like, oh, well, whatever. Uh, Hamid, do you want to stand on your head for 90 minutes? Um, <laughs> Actually, yeah. that would be quite entertaining and probably terrible for Bill. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm curious to see, uh, yeah, like, you asked what will our next year's team look like. Um, will Bill Hamid be back? I don't know. Uh, he, his loan expires. I think it's probably likely that he does come back because I heard that his fee wasn't terribly uh, large. But um, I think we end up losing Leo Hara because um, I think he's going to go back to, I guess, Boca. Um, and it's kind of questionable for TT Rodriguez right now, I think. I want to keep TT. I don't want him to leave. You will hear me cry on the podcast when we find out TT Rodriguez is leaving. So, yeah, I mean, I think you know he he wasn't our best player that we we had this year, but he was solidly, I think, in our top five for sure. Uh, and I think w- with a lot of these younger players that come into the league uh, from anywhere, really they kind of take a year to, to kind of adjust and get used to the, the playing uh, differences, the style, um, kind of the league, playing against all the opponents. And so I think he, he's in a position to really, you know, do really well next year and, and maybe the second half of next year especially and, and kind of um, really, really, really crush it more than he already kind of is because uh, I think he had a really, really good season. If you had to give awards... To DC United players for this season, who would you give awards to? I'm just curious. Awards like good, like uh, probably. Of course, for good things. Come on. <laughs> uh, for sure. No. Um, I I mean that's relatively open ended, but I think my most the most optimistic players that uh like the most the players I feel most optimistic about. 
right now are probably Paul Ariola, Titi Rodriguez, uh, Segura in the attack or in you know midfield attack wingers whatever, um, and then probably you know Burnbaum and Brilliant and Hamid, um, as in like those are my top tier right. So yeah, I mean. Okay, most improved in 2019. Brilliant for sure. I think. Um, I think. What about Segura? Because I, I feel like he has just really developed this season. Segura is playing really, really well, and I know fans don't like that, or they don't like to hear that, but he's been um, a definite game changer. I think it's pretty obvious if you look at his stats, um, especially for a guy who who was on the bench for the most most of last season. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't think he was really that bad last year. I think he also got a bad rap. Um, he was obviously not as good as he is this year, I don't think, but he always worked hard. Uh, I think last year they would kind of figure out, you know, where exactly he should play, which I think played mm-hmm. a part of it. Um, but, yeah, I think he's done a, a great job. He always works so hard. And I think, you know, that's something that uh, I think pays off. Definitely. Okay, highest work rate. Uh, in Ariola. your eyes. Yeah, 100%. Not even close. Or Hariola or like a, like a, an odd pick, I guess, Hamid, because it feels like he touches the ball sometimes more than some of the other <laughs> players on the field, to be honest. So, um. I think you're right. I'm laughing too hard about this. How about, let's see, most reliable? Reliable? Mm-hmm. Mm. Probably Hamid again. I mean, for for the most part, I mean, 14 clean sheets, that's relatively unheard of. That's pretty good. Uh, multiple games with, with crazy amounts of saves, highest uh, save percentage. So definitely my most reliable player. How about biggest character? Character. That could mean a lot of things. Like um, the funniest, I guess. Fun- okay. Uh, the funniest... Huh. I don't know. Is there anyone funny? <laughs> um, I mean, Quincy is hysterical. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it'd probably be Quincy. He does. They, Quincy. All the guys, though, have their moments where they do some really kind of funny things. Yeah, I think I think Brilliant has a little goofy, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is a little different than funny. But uh, he, he's like he's like dad goofy, but kind of. Which is great. I kind yeah. of I, I can relate. That's a good thing. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think of some other categories here. What about best newcomer? Ooh. This one's tricky. Best newcomer. Hmm. I mean, like, I almost... I might get, like, beat on the street to say this, but Felipe's been great. Oh, that's true, yeah. Felipe has been just absolutely committed and dedicated and impactful. Yeah, I think I, I, I could definitely agree with that. Um, I thought Leo Hara played some really, really, really good games, even though he got, oh, yeah. I guess, ended up getting benched. But yeah, Felipe, I mean, also his heart was like so into it that it was like, wow. Just unbelievable. He was another one. I feel so bad he got hurt apologizing today on social media for the match. Yeah, what happened? Do, do we know what happened to him? I'm still not sure. I'm waiting to hear some more information, but man, I hope he's okay. Yeah, I think he's probably okay, but 
it looked relatively strange. He just kind of fell <laughs> in the middle of the field. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure how much they're going to blow up this team and, and try to reorganize it. But I think we really do have a solid uh, core there, especially, yeah, like Felipe uh, and Moreno in that midfield is usually pretty good, um, you know. And and Canals playing at that right back, that was kind of strange, but it kind of worked really kinda well. Kind of wonderful. So. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe we'll see uh, him play that next year. I mean, we have Fisher coming back full-time. So, I mean, he was someone who made a huge difference at the end of our 2018 season. Um, So, yeah, I'll be curious to see what happens there. Definitely, for sure. Oh, wow, we have so much to kind of think about in the off-season and a lot of things to be really curious about, too. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I think I'm kind of wondering, you know, when we'll get the news of Acosta, what will happen with him. Um, You know, I think we'll have to re-sign some of these guys. Uh, Definitely brilliant, hopefully. Uh, I think, you know, he, he played really, really well. But, yeah, I don't know. Did you by any chance hear about the incident that happened last night? that resulted in all of our away supporters getting kicked out of BMO. Yeah, I, I heard. I, yeah, I, yeah um, I mean, they didn't it, really miss much, but I still feel bad. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you can't. So the situation was that someone in one of the supporters groups decided to let off a flare and it resulted in everyone who went with them, even other supporters groups being kicked out and, I mean, obviously, that's very selfish, um, and I think that that's pretty clear to anyone with any reasonable amount of maturity. Um, it's, you know, pretty pretty wrong of, to see people defending it, I think. It's, oh, well, to, like, you joke and say they didn't miss much, but people are using that as an actual excuse. It's like, well, I... Oh, no, I'm not actually serious. They paid for tickets, and no one who didn't do something wrong should have been kicked out. Right. I mean, yeah, you're you're making a joke. Like, that's a funny joke, but people are saying that for real and saying, like, yeah, for sure. I've definitely seen that. That is not an excuse. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, I think it's just, to be honest, it illustrates how toxic certain members of certain groups are, and um, I don't really want to deal with them, and I think... That's kind of why they have issues with other groups and the front office. Yeah, yeah, everybody just be nice, be nice to each other, be respectful of each other. We have so much to look forward to and so so many ways we can grow. Let's not screw it up. It's it's just very interesting that you know the same groups are always involved in this stuff, <laughs> and um, you know it, it's just. I think it's it's kind of might be time for for the front office to kind of put their foot down in terms of kind of saying enough 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 is enough y'all have to get along or or we're gonna stop providing you tickets or or something uh, because it's it's created a, a situation where I know a lot of people who stop going because of these issues uh, a lot of people don't want to be involved with the community because of these issues and. You know, that's just not a good community to be in. Um, and that's really sad because one of the best parts about soccer is the community 
and getting to know other supporters and making friends. And it's just such a shame to see something toxic damaging that. Yep. I mean, yeah. And I have no ill will towards anyone. I There's no reason to be mad at me. That's just how I feel about this stuff. Um, I just want everyone to be respectful of people, you know, <laughs> don't get other people kicked out of stadiums. I think that's pretty... You know, I think it's a pretty reasonable take. Uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I agree with you. No, I'm think, with you on this one. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's pretty, to be blunt, I think that's pretty, you know, first grade <laughs> level of maturity to, to understand. So, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry to bring up kind of a little pain point there. No, I think it's important. And, you know, I don't. I think it's important because our community needs to get along better than it does. I think that's another thing that has been happening more and more last year and this year is is rifts between supporters causing a lot, a lot of issues. And it's it's embarrassing, honestly, you know, so hopefully that will get resolved by force or people will learn to, to be respectful. So, yeah, yeah we definitely are pretty much all adults here and you know maybe you don't 100 percent agree with someone else or but it doesn't mean you can't respect them yep 100 percent. and with that i think we're good <laughs> for our end of the season i'm pretty emotionally drained from the season but uh yeah oh it's okay it's fine but i'm just i'm kind of it's the you know not the silver lining but it's kind of good to kind of like kind of like what I was mentioning earlier. It's like now there's no anxiety. There's no worrying about how much further we make it or who's staying where we kind of know where we're at. Um, yeah. This is very, very true. And hopefully, you know, for 2020, we can, we can build on the good. Yep, for sure. And uh, I think, you know, for, as for this podcast, I mean, I started doing it this year. Um, it's done pretty well, I think. I mean, I kind of just do it for fun. So, yeah, but let me know what you guys thought about it this season. And I think maybe we'll do a couple off-season episodes, you know, depending on how crazy things are. Uh, uh, and if my guests uh, are, are still are still around and not partying in the off-season, I guess. Um, but, yeah, I think that's it for this season. Um, Sarah, do you want to let everyone know where they can find you uh, on, on the internet? Yeah, absolutely. So you can always find me over on Twitter, Instagram at Sarah Colassi, and you can find my writing on MLSfemale.com. I'm also the editor in chief there, and you can catch up with me on my website, SarahColassi.com. And thank you again, Ken, for having me on this season and becoming a really good friend. It's been great having the chance to get to know you and meet up with you at matches and so really thank you yeah totally i mean thank you for for building this kind of with me i think um like we've all discussed i think uh dc united kingdom as well i think we have a really unique opportunity to build something different and and kind of different perspectives and we're kind of used to and have traditionally been there with with the team or you know in, in mls so yeah it's been exciting I'm excited to go even, uh, maybe even harder next year. Uh, so yeah. Um, and that's going to be it for the podcast. Uh, thank you all for listening. Bye.